This is the Education Business Podcast for consultants and business owners providing services in schools. I'm Claire Riley, and I'll be sharing how to start, grow, and scale your education business. So today we're talking about teacher habits that can actually slow down your business growth. Yes, they are a thing, and it's really good to identify them. It's not that they don't have a place in your business, and it's not that they're not useful either. So I'll probably do an episode at some point on the useful teacher habits to grow your business. But awareness is key with most things in business. And so today, I want you to become more aware of these habits and how they might be playing out in your business. So we can often be working 80-hour weeks in business just as we were in teaching and then wonder why we aren't bringing in the kind of money that we're expecting. And I know that some of my listeners are not ex-teachers, but I'm hoping that this episode will teach you even more about the teacher mindset. And you might have even picked up some of these bad habits yourself anyway without being a teacher beforehand. So these are the eight habits that I want to talk about. Here goes. Number one, overworking. So it's a badge of honour for a lot of teachers and it can be a really difficult habit to break. It's the one that I still struggle with. And I remember doing something work-related every single night when Ed and I first got together, which was a long time ago. It was the back end of... 2007 and this continued for more than five years and then when we started Classroom Secrets I used to um, spend the time to create more resources on an evening even if it wasn't urgent it was just an opportunity to do more I wanted to use all of the time that I had and I used to say that was ruined for doing nothing and teaching had done that to me and I didn't know how to do nothing anymore I'm not sure I still do And sometimes I'd be so tired that I didn't feel like I could do anymore. But if I did sit there and do nothing, I'd just get so bored because I'm not really a huge TV watcher. So I'd just get the laptop back out anyway and and carry on. And this went on for years and years. And to be honest, while I don't work in the evening as a routine now, I I don't want to paint a picture that's not true because sometimes... It does come up that you have to do things and there's nothing you can do about it. So there are times when you've got to put out of hours calls in, especially with directors or senior colleagues, or where you really have to get something done for a deadline because, you know, too much is needed all at once or something expected just ate ate up your time in the day. And that's kind of happening for me this week, really, that I'm having to sort of put some extra hours in. But working in the evenings is not part of my usual working timetable now as it was for so many years. So when Hattie came along in 2016, she's our eldest, the evening working continued. And then we had another reason to burn the candle at both ends. It was almost exciting, <laughs> to be honest. So Ed was still full-time in another job. And I was obviously busy with a baby in the daytime. And I remember putting her down at 7.30 p.m. And then we'd start to work together at the kitchen table. And... While obviously the work that we did contributed to growth, I know that it did, what I know now is that things took so much longer than they needed to because we had no time to rest. So it's like Saturday was my backup day for doing anything that didn't get done in the week. And so it just became guaranteed work time. I did not respect my time back then. I didn't know that I needed to. So having that available time in my head did not help me focus on my productivity because I was always going to throw more time at work. So I didn't have to think too much about time management. 
And one of the things that I'm really hyper aware of now, due to all the personal development I've done, is my productive times to work. So I used to think about how I could get more time to work, where I could snatch hours from everything else to get work done. But now I think about what types of work each task is and then organize them accordingly. I suppose you could say on my to-do list or during my day. And this tells me when the best time to do them is. So for example, I like to write my podcast episodes on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning before the children get up. Now you might be thinking, hang on a minute, this goes against life work balance. You're saying don't work on evening, but she works early on a Saturday and Sunday morning. Well, I do rest at other times in the week. I actually have Fridays off with Ed while the kids are at school. But on a Saturday and a Sunday morning before the children get up, I want to use my inspired time so that writing the episodes feels quick and easy because I'm a morning person and just after waking, my brain is really focused and very creative and I want to work on big, fun things. And the thing that makes Saturdays and Sundays even more productive for me when it comes to Education Business Club is that the Classroom Secrets week is over and I can focus my mind on the analysis, the advice that will help you to grow your education business as well. So if I was to write these episodes on an evening when I wasn't feeling it, you'd really notice, honestly, you would. And it would take up so much more of my time as well. So I'm not saying if you don't feel like something, you shouldn't do it, though. I mean, that's another reason that people don't grow their businesses as quickly as they would like. But that's not what I'm here to get into today. It's just about awareness of energy levels your times of inspiration, focus, and then using that knowledge to perform at your best, a bit like an athlete would. So it's actually only over the last 18 months that I feel like I've learned more about rest and and not always working a huge amount of hours because you can find ways to make that happen. It doesn't mean that you should. And I think, you know, we think about making more time to work because we can, that makes us feel really important. And sometimes I think that's why we do it. And you know what? I'm still learning as well. You know, even now I'm looking for ways to effectively use my time in an evening that feels like rest, but also feels productive and enjoyable because that's what I really care about. And teaching honestly seriously ruined me for taking time out. It's such a hard habit to break. But when we don't overwork, we get these great ideas. So it's a common joke at Classroom Secrets now that when Claire and Ed go on holiday, they come back with great ideas. So get ready to get going because when they get back, there'll be a big new project to start. And this is so much of a thing now that even our directors have recognised how much we need this time to rest, this time to put our brains into a different state together, so collectively. And as such, they've even asked us, like, they come up with things that we should think about while we're on holiday. Uh, they've started dropping in issues for us to consider while we're away. And one of the reasons that we now have Fridays off together is to try and create that same mindset so we can come up with even more new things and then plan those ideas into the calendar in a more structured way. And to me, this is just absolutely hilarious that the team have asked for this and become so aware of it. But it's also gold, isn't it? What an understanding from all of us on our strengths and our use of time. So the second habit that we sometimes have is focusing on admin rather than the money-making tasks. So we ex-teachers love a good to-do list, don't we? And I think deep down, 
we actually like the fact that we have a list that will never be completed. And we carry that through then into business and it makes us feel needed because our list will never be completed. And when we're in teaching, if you were a teacher before, we had no time for this admin. So our weeks now can feel like an entire week of PPA where we aren't rushing, we're doing things to a good standard, and we can be amazed with ourselves that it's actually in term time. And I'm not going to lie, this feels really good. And it can be quite a feeling to get over and get used to. It almost feels naughty. And I was in awe of the feeling for a good number of years. But we can confuse this new feeling of time abundance with success. We can think, now I have time, I have success. Because this new feeling that we now have can feel how we imagine we might feel when we achieve our version of success. And it's so easy for us to focus on what we have now that we didn't have then in terms of time and energy and not think about the importance of each of those tasks on our to-do list. And the admin type tasks are the ones that we like to flip between as well because they're so small and we tell ourselves that we're multitasking when that's not really a thing, it's just taking as much longer. And I think now's a good time to mention, like, I may be dropping some real bombs for you here. Like, multitasking is not a thing, really. And there are different ways we can use our time. Are you sure? And if this is you, and much of what I'm assuming that you know here is in use to you, then it really is time to start your personal development journey. And just becoming aware of who you are and what you need to be to be your best self. So the third habit then... I want to bring is focusing on creating and not on sales and marketing. So many people in education business tell me that they don't want to sell. Of course you don't. I don't want to sell either. I hate being sold to and it goes against my inner teacher and that's why I don't sell. Instead, I educate the teaching community how our work at Classroom Secrets can make their lives better. And even that feels a little bit cringe, especially in the beginning. So we focus on creating instead and we think, well, if I create X, Y, and Z, it will be out there in the world and people will find it on the internet and I'll just create more. I will grow my business by creating. Well, this is like building one side of a house. And I know this because I'm still trying to build my marketing team to the level of experience and enough people to carry out what we need for the size of the company as we speak, eight years in, because I made this mistake. So where creation has always come first and marketing has come second, but we can't just create something and then expect the world to find it. We need to tell people and ask them to tell other people. And I know this may seem really obvious, but is it really? Are we focusing more on the creation and ignoring the other bits and just thinking that it will it, they'll come because we've built it? So is it time to look at your split between creation and delivery of your service or product versus the marketing? Are you devoting enough time to sales and marketing or is it all about your creation and delivery? Are you too busy trying to create something new rather than focusing on what you've already got? Okay, so the fourth habit then is being addicted to the weekly cycle. So you probably don't timetable your week as it was timetabled in school, but you could be using your to-do list in a similar way to the way that you did when you had the timetable to follow by keeping everything spinning all at the same time because that's what we have to do as a teacher. 
So I've just touched on not marketing what we are creating or building, so not working on the right things. And one of the reasons for this is that we think that we have to keep everything spinning day in, day out, especially if you're the only one in the business. You've got to keep replying to customer emails, keep social media going, keep creating content and delivering sessions. But what about giving essential activities the right amount of time and respect that they need? What about blocking out a week to solely focus and focus on marketing every few months and setting expectations or coming up with solutions for tasks that do keep you on a treadmill like your emails? Because if you don't, marketing will always be at the bottom of your to-do list and you'll never get it done. It'll be the odd social media post here and there, not connected to each other, but you're not in school now and you have the power to organize your time differently. You don't have to be on the same weekly cycle each week where you had a timetable to stick to. You can design how you want every day and week to look and they can be widely different and hugely flexible for you. Okay, so number five, only leaving time for work. So I touched on this earlier, but it's common for us to categorize our time as sleep, work and kids if you have them. So often in our timetables that we consciously or unconsciously set for ourselves, there is no time for rest, training and personal development. So we might really need to start our personal development so that we can understand ourselves to grow our business faster, but we prioritise doing stuff instead. In our heads, a meaningless admin task has more chance of bringing money in than listening to a podcast episode about mindset. But this is a thousand percent wrong. And guess what? I only know this because I have been there and I have I have come across this problem myself. Putting all the wrong things in first. So before you start personal development, you don't know what you don't know. Before you start that training course, you don't know what you don't know. And I was so guilty of only having time for work. And then over time, after all this discovery I'd done on my best time to work and I went the other way then and I insisted that I should have time for all the courses that I wanted to do in what I categorized as work time. So then of course I didn't do them then either because there was never enough time to get to these um, training activities. They always played second fiddle and my mindset categorized it as, you know, after the doing or after the real work. So recently I've discovered something new. I've discovered that I can learn on an evening because I thought maybe I couldn't. Um, as long as I come with the right mindset. So I might be washed out for creating, but learning I can do. And I discovered this by just starting to learn a little bit of Serbian on an evening and just do 10 minutes. Um, and it's going really well. So now I've scheduled in training and development a few times a week in an evening as a thing that I actually enjoy doing. Things that will really help me to grow. It's like a thing that I do to rest rather than a chore that's associated with work. So sometimes, it is all about how your mind views the activity and the story that you tell yourself about it. And now I tell myself it's about me growing who I want to be and how to get to the next level. And it's not about work and what's good for everyone else. So the sixth habit then is planning in more than is possible. So I have to admit that I am still guilty of this one. And it's not just teachers because um, I know um, our sales and marketing director does the exact same thing. Um, but I have a master to-do list that has four categories and I actually use a school exercise book for this, which might amuse you. Um, and I do them on different pages 
and I categorize what my my work is so I can choose the right things to do at the right times. And then I also have a spelling book um, where I write my daily to-do list from the master list plus any little things that I think of that just pop into my head that have to be done that day. Even things like the dishwasher. And as I like everything in one place, I just put everything on the to-do list for my daily to-do list and I don't separate the work and non-work. It all goes on together. But it's really helpful for me to categorise the activities first so I know... Like, there's no point in me planning in, like, five big things where I'm doing a lot of thinking. There's just no point. Whereas I am going to have a few admin, I'm going to have some smaller things, and I'm going to have some, like, housework and things like that as well, all in one day. So it all goes on together. And I always write more on it than I know is possible. I just can't help myself. Um, You know, in the last 12 years, I've never, ever completed everything on my daily to-do list. I just... I just don't. I even stop myself from writing too much on it as well because I'm aware of it. But I still never do every task. So I think that's probably some self-sabotage to explore. Like I probably got this thing where I just expect to not do everything. So maybe I'm stopping myself from doing the last thing because I know that I don't finish it. But that's that's just me self-coaching right in front of you all. Um, But the point is we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves. And because of that, we can often end up working on the wrong things, like doing the admin tasks first and not getting around to the tasks that are going to bring in more business. So that's why on my master list, I do categorize these tasks so I can make sure I'm putting the right things on my daily to-do list and I'm not just filling it up with a load of admin. It's really important to know the difference. So number seven, fear of judgment. So I've already identified that entrepreneurs in education business can feel icky about selling. We can feel ashamed about telling people that, we do, that we're in business now and that we want them to buy a service that we are offering. And some of that judgment is coming from the profession as a whole. It's definitely there to some degree. But a lot of it, when it comes to individuals, is our perception based on our wider view of the teaching community, not based on individual people. So fear of judgment plays a huge part in the way we communicate with our potential customers the way we create and build our services, the way we market. And this can be really detrimental for our business because sometimes we're so afraid of being judged that even we don't believe in the product. So how on earth can we expect someone else to? And the last habit, number eight, is addiction to work. This is a tough habit to break. And I fight this addiction every week. I am addicted to work. I really enjoy work. I love it. I like the growth it brings personally. I like the growth it brings to the business. So yeah, we I do have to fight this addiction to work and not addiction to the admin stuff, of course, because I don't really care too much for that. It's more the big picture things that I like doing or getting things in place, having an idea and then seeing it through. But now I've unlocked the difference between tasks that light me up and those that don't, and what admin is and isn't, some days I start on a real high and I'll write a presentation for, you know, a new direction for the team, or I'll write a new podcast episode and then my ideas are just flowing and I just want to jack everything else in for the day and sit down and take advantage of the moment. Often I don't do that because, well, I'd love to, by the way, um, but it's usually at the weekend when this happens and my children are around and they deserve my time too. And I do get frustrated that, 
I can't make use of this burst of inspiration. And I always do say that teaching's ruined me for this, but it could just be my personality and or an entrepreneurial um, flair that a lot of us have. And I just want to work every possible moment where I feel the faintest bit bored, work on the things that I love because I love to work on those things. And for me, it's driven from a place of wanting to prove that I can do something else other than teaching. And there's that fear of judgment again. So the only thing I can say about this is that it's just important to be aware of it. Sometimes you can give in and you can just let the moment take you and you'll do some of your best work then and that's okay. But don't give in all the time because that's all your life will become, work. And then you'll look back one day and you'll realize that you've missed out on everything else. So be aware of your urges to work and your addiction to it but pick and choose when you respond and how you respond. So as always, I hope that my insights have challenged your thinking and that they'll help you to make positive changes in the coming week. So Jade and I are now working on the beta version of Education Business Club and what it could look like when we will launch it, which we're not quite sure when that will be yet either. Um, But keep listening to my future episodes to stay informed and join the Facebook group, which is Education Businesses. And let us know, you know, what would you like to see in the Education Business Club and how can we help you grow your business? Thank you for listening to the Education Business Podcast. To get more information to grow your business, sign up at educationbusinessclub.co.uk.